0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Los Angeles City Cast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey there, and welcome into your Wednesday edition of the Los Angeles City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. You know we love on this show to give you lots of actionable information, educate. Uh, on what is going on with whatever game or sport we're talking about and win you some money, but it's kind of comical how no matter how much we bet or how much we win, uh, the chances of us making Aaron Donald kind of money pretty pretty long, it's pretty long odds. Uh, all pro defensive tackle Aaron Donald of the Rams. Getting a big raise that will make him the highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL. So the Rams had to kind of rework this deal. People are wondering, do the Rams even know a salary cap exists? Yes. Um, but they reworked his deal to give him a $40 million raise over the last three years of his existing contracts. So really just a little bump up there. Uh, which would make him uh, the first non-quarterback to surpass $30 million season. Uh, his rework deal brings a total value of his contract to 95 million dollars over three years um, So now let's let's talk about some smaller potatoes. in today's show Dodgers and Angels and we have to talk about the angels because they decided to fire their manager kind of out of nowhere. not really they lost 12 in a row make it 13 after Tuesday's game uh, but Joe Madden was not in charge of Tuesday's game he was fired before that. And I think it was a rough way, a rough way to go, unfortunately. But the Red Sox are at the Angels again on Wednesday and the Dodgers at the White Sox again. Dodgers and Angels both coming off of losses on Tuesday. We'll also get into the WNBA. You know, that's my favorite. A Wednesday preview going on to Games Fever at the Sun Huge point spread here, I believe 14 and a half last I checked. And then Sky at Mystics was essentially a toss-up in a game that we already saw twice this season, but more recently just on Sunday. The Sky have won both of the games so far. Do we think they'll do it again? And also in LA news, the LA Sparks parted ways with their head coach, Derek Fisher. So lost two Los Angeles coaches. Uh, Basically, great week for Aaron Donald. Great, Great week to be a Ram but not a great week to be a Los Angeles coach. Joe Madden out and Derek Fisher of the Sparks out. Was surprised by both of these, perhaps equally. But nevertheless, things persist. First things first, we'll always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet River Sportsbook with the MLB, the Dodgers, some movement on this actually to win the NL West, minus 360. So this has been bouncing around a bit. This was around minus 285 not but a week, 10 days ago. Then it got down to minus 400, and now we're back at minus 360. So we've got 40 cents back there. They're 2-1 to one to win the National League and plus 350 to win the World Series. Again, that was plus 475, not but 10 days ago. So moving in a shorter direction, it seems, every day, despite the fact that they have not been having these dominant performances, 2-2 two two in that Met series, and lost to the White Sox on Tuesday. But they're back at it on Wednesday, 5:10 p.m. Pacific time. Dodgers, minus 175 on the money line. Just not value. Just not. The run line, they're minus 105. As for the White Sox, plus 145 money line and their run line, so plus one and a half runs, minus 118. It's really interesting how the run lines are so similar in the odds, despite one team getting a run and a half and another laying it. Total for this one, eight and a half. The Angels, also in action, six and one to win the American League West. 12-1 12-1 and one to win the AL, and 25-1 to one to win the World Series. All of these have gotten longer, and perhaps it has something to do with their 12. Nope, make it 13. Game, losing streak, and really brutal fashion on Tuesday night. In the 10th inning, losing 6-5. So losing an in extra innings. Brutal. Red Sox at Angels again, Wednesday, 6.40 p.m. Pacific time. And the Red Sox, plus 138 on the money line. Run line, so minus 1.5 runs. Minus 103. And the Angels, minus 139 money line, plus one and a half on the run line at minus 121. And the total is nine. I'm going to take a pause here and just say it was really funny when I first started learning sports betting, having to look at these lines. Can you imagine? Sometimes I hear myself talk on this podcast and think, did everyone get that? (laughs) Did we have to rewind? Are we fast forwarding for the WNBA content? These are all thoughts that come in my mind. But It's so, it's literally learning sports betting is learning another language. So, if at all you ever have questions, please feel free to tweet at me and be like, Danielle, that didn't make any sense. WNBA odds. Sparks are still 30 to 1 to win the championship, and I still would not recommend betting on them. The Mystics are 9 to 1 now. They were 10 to 1 but a week ago. They were 20 to 1 but two, three weeks ago. So, getting shorter by the minute in an action against the defending champs. On Wednesday night as for the NFL the Rams plus 130 to win the NFC West 11 to 1 to win the Super Bowl and the Chargers plus 235 to win the AFC West 16 to 1 to win the Super Bowl if you look at week one will Hill pointed this out actually on Monday's pod great point bills at Rams Rams plus one this is a great opportunity to plug this into a six point teaser with another game Really excited to get back into NFL and teasers because for whatever reason, year over year, now two years into this, keeping track of every single bet, the NFL was profitable for me for both seasons. The NBA was a huge loss for me in my first year. I chalked that up to not really knowing what to look at specifically or just being overextended in general. But this year, NBA, pretty profitable. Playoffs, not so much. Let's be honest. Playoffs have not been going well. Uh, But I am definitely missing the NFL because – It is king in terms of sports betting, as they say, and it has been profitable year over year. So bring those teasers back. Rams plus one. Can't wait to pair that up with something. And uh, Raiders at Chargers also. Chargers minus four. Nothing I hate more than a four. I'm sure there is something, but there it is. Also, if you're into the NBA Finals, those are also going on on Wednesday. I'm not going to do a huge breakdown in the show because there are far better and more resources on this that you can find within VSIN, within the Bet Rivers podcast family. But Bet Rivers Sportsbook is your home for betting on the pivotal Game 3 matchup between Boston and Golden State. And three is the magic number. When you bet on any player's total three-pointers prop, you get a free bet for every three made in the game. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Bet on the threes in game three and score yourself free bets. Make your bets at betrivers.com or on the betrivers app. Warriors are uh, plus three and a half here at the Celtics. Total sitting at 212. Warriors money line plus 155. Celtics minus 157. And the series winner minus 115. For the Warriors, minus 106 for the Celtics. So if you want pretty evenly distributed odds here and want to get in on one of these teams before Game 3 shifts them, might be worth a look. Celtics to win in 7, by the way, before this Game 3 is 5-1, to one, plus 500. If you think they're going to go on to win it, I wouldn't hate that. Honestly, I wouldn't. And it's, it's kind of great value because Celtics to win in 6 is only 3-1. to one, And Warriors in 7 is plus 275. So apparently a lot riding on that experience thing. You can find all these odds and more at Bat River Sportsbook. Let's get into the baseball and start with the Angels, who let go of their manager, Joe Madden, And The Athletic got on a phone call with him right away, and in the article they said that one of the first things he said was that he found the moment liberating, which I think is a um, at least a yellow flag of, yikes, was this the right decision by management? It seems kind of drastic. It seems very unnecessary, uh, but... Coming off of a 12-game losing streak, again, this has been extended to 13 now, but you can't chalk that 13th one up to Joe. They didn't let him get to that. Uh, They asked him about why the 12-game losing streak, and he said, look at the teams we played, the opponents, and they have guys hurt, and the bullpen had a really hard time, and we just stopped hitting. Those are all things that you expect to get back on track, right? We know in betting that there's regression Right, especially for if if live betting. We're seeing this first half of a game, a team's not shooting well that normally shoots better. We're expecting them to return more to the mean, to the middle perhaps in the second half. So same here with the Angels. The baseball season is so, so long. It does seem like a lot was going wrong for them at the, right, at, you know, at the wrong time. Um, but it's nothing that seems like it can't be turned around. And they asked him that too. Can, can the Angels turn it around? And he said, of course. We need to get Anthony Rendon back. They have to get Taylor Ward on the field. Uh, He said the bullpen guys need to get their confidence back. Noah Syndergaard pitched great. Lorenzen's been outstanding. Detmers is young and ascending. And he also said that Shohei is going to hit, and so is Mike Trout. No lies detected. It's just one of those things that you go through. So he said himself that it was kind of an overreaction. I agree. And then went on to say, but it's cool. I'm just excited about my next opportunity. He also said, uh, to the question, does he want to be a manager again? And he said, yeah, I'm really good at it. And that's the kind of energy we all need. Phil Nevin is the new manager for now, and unfortunately started with a 13th loss. So the Angels were shut out by the Red Sox on Monday night, 1-0. They were 27-29. and They were 27-17 and two weeks ago. I mean, obviously, we can do the math of a 13-game losing streak, but it's just a huge drop-off. And, again, that's why we're seeing futures odds shifted so dramatically when really the roster of the team hasn't really shifted. Uh, The 12-game losing streak, 13 now, ties the longest for a single season in franchise history. So 13, I'm guessing, is breaking that record now. Uh, And is also must be past this now but was tied the 12 was for the second longest since 1900 by a team that was at least 10 games over 500 entering the streak so just having that dramatic drop off from that f- above 500 rating um, and of course that research by Elias Sports Bureau during that 12 game stretch the angels had a minus 43 run differential 0.59 or excuse me 0.596 on base percentage and a 6.31 ERA so yeah, of course it didn't look good, but is that all on Madden? Not really. I don't I don't know really where the Angels mind is at with this, but we'll see how it works out for them Cotton. Uh they are hosting the Red Sox again on Wednesday. The Red Sox were struggling themselves in May. They were 11 and 20 in May, but since then have gone what 17 and 8. They've won 5 straight heading into this series. They win Monday 1-0. That's 6 straight and then Tuesday Six to five in ten innings. Again, that extra inning, when just to add insult to injury, it was interesting because this was very uh, much a ping pong game back and forth of the Angels scoring and then the Red Sox scoring and then the Angels. It just went back and forth, and so it looked pretty evenly matched, and it was spread throughout the game. It wasn't like the first five were were shut out, which is normally what I'm used to seeing with the Angels, is there being havoc and chaos once the starting pitchers are out. But that didn't happen in this game. It was it was pretty evenly throughout. And now, on the mound for Wednesday, Nathan Iovaldi, the righty, and then Reed Detmer is the lefty for the Angels. Now, uh, when we look at Iovaldi, his strikeouts stand out to me. He's had in the last three games eight strikeouts, six and eleven. He's also had at least six strikeouts in eight of eleven games pitched this season. So, if his strikeout prop is sitting somewhere around five and a half, play it over. Yeah. Uh, If it is 6.5, that is obviously a lot more dicey territory. And I would probably stay off. But if you can find a 5.5 and and an over, I'm sure there's going to be juice on it. But if you can get to it first, you might get a good number. Uh, Reed Detmers also. Little little iffy on, on where I'm at with Detmers, honestly. Looking at his full splits. Yeah. So, I mean... Three losses in his last three starts. Really unfortunate. ERA is not anything to write home about necessarily. Yeah, I, it's just hard for me to bet on this Angels team when they're in the midst of this chaos. Uh, and I just I just don't think that they're going to be able to get it done, even though you're getting plus money on them here. I lean over in this game, and if you can find that Ivovaldi strikeout prop perhaps, but... Even Mike Trout and Shohei Otani's hitting has not been up to snuff. They've gone a combined 13 for 83 at the plate in the last 12 games, which is a 156 average between the two of them. So Trout did go uh, two hits for two at bats in Tuesday night's game, but not enough being done here. That said, lean over, but. This, this team, not really, not really super bettable for me at this point. So it would be Red Sox or nothing in this one, the Dodgers are also in action on Wednesday now with the Dodgers, there are also pitching concerns, but in a different manner than I would say for the angels, uh, some of the critique comes upon, obviously Dave Roberts, their manager and how he's managing their pitching schedule and their starting pitchers now. We know Clayton Kershaw is out. Andrew Heaney could be back in the rotation as well soon. Both Clayton and Andrew. Uh, when that happens, Mitch White back to the bullpen perhaps. Who pitched on Tuesday night? I Thought did a did a pretty solid job. But what happens when they're both back? Does that mean Tyler Anderson back to the bullpen? He's been pitching really well. Kind of would be unfortunate for him. Tony Gonsolin's been pitching just as well, if not better, than Anderson. Uh, And then there's Bueller and Urias, and it seems like they could really be working with a five-man rotation or a six-man rotation instead of a five, if that's something that they look to do, which is good. They could stretch it out a little bit better for them. So the sooner they can get Kershaw and Heaney back in, the better. They obviously were not anticipating not having Trevor Bauer out there, even though I don't think any of us are crying over that necessarily. I'm certainly not. But Walker Bueller has been a little bit of a concern for me. There's a couple articles that have been written about this, just kind of highlighting how he's been up and down. He's had the shortest outing of his career last Saturday in their loss to the Mets. That was a nine to four loss. He pitched two and a third innings, gave up five hits, five runs, two homers, walked two, struck out three. But then back in April, he had that shutout against the Diamondbacks, which again was the Diamondbacks. But when you look at it, in its entirety, of all pitchers who have thrown at least thirty-four innings, which is the amount Bueller has thrown in May, May specifically, Bueller had the third worst ERA and was only ahead of Chris Bassett and Patrick Corbin. So really unfortunate to see that drop off as well for Bueller. You'd like that to be a little bit stronger, especially for one of your starting pitchers. As for the Dodgers' offense, they're still going to bang, do a bang-up job. They lead the league in runs and weighted on-base average and also have the highest walk rate and slugging percentage. Mookie Betts, currently the betting favorite for NL MVP, and for good reason. In the last month, he's batting 342 with an on-base-plus slugging percentage of 1.117. Six home runs in the last two weeks, leads the league in war. All of that to say... Very rightfully so at the top of that NL MVP discussion right now, which is unfortunate because he was longer a few weeks ago. So if you wanted a ticket on him, hopefully you grabbed it then. And again, long baseball season, so you'll probably get an opportunity to do it again. Wednesday, Dodgers at White Sox on the mound. We have Tony Gonsolin, the righty pitcher. There was an interesting article on VSIN, the Vegas Stats and Information Network. You can check it out, VSIN.com, by Steve McKinnon. He also commented uh, that – or pointed out that Greg Peterson, who's one of our baseball podcast hosts as well, does a great job. Would love to get Greg back on here to talk some baseball. But he credited Greg for pointing this out as well. But Steve wrote this great article pointing out pitchers who have won more units at home than on the road and vice versa, uh, and said that since the start of 2021, 15 pitchers have won at least 10 units more at home than on the road – and another 13 won at least 10 units or more on the road. So pitchers who are doing a lot better, noticeably better, statistically better, pitching on the road versus at home. So, in terms of pitchers who have produced at least 10 more units of profits at home, Tony Gonsolin. His home record 11 and 1, plus 9.8 units on the road, 5 and 6. Minus 4.87 units. So, of course, the team record being there in his last nine road starts, the Dodgers are just three and six. So, Gonsolin on the road, not nearly as profitable as him at home. Opposite him in this game, Johnny Cueto, the right-handed pitcher. The White Sox are two and two in games he's pitched this season, and he currently has an 0-2 record with a 2.92 ERA heading into this start against the Dodgers. Now, the Dodgers were. Pretty evenly, pretty nicely priced in that first or in Tuesday's game, minus 145 or so. Only seven times this season that they've been that, uh, been priced below that. Five and three in those games. Now they're minus 180 for this one. It's just not worth it to me. It's just not. If anything, I would look to the White Sox, but for me, it's just staying off, especially because it's Gonsolin on the road. That's what we got. We also have WNBA action coming on. In case you know, don't want to watch the NBA Finals, why would you? right? Uh, or if you just want some side action, WNBA Wednesday games coming up, plus the Sparks let go of head coach Derek Fisher, what that means for them. This is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Baseball is here, and BetRivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Danielle Avari here, ready to talk some WNBA. And if you were in the LA area, then you might've heard about all these coaches being let go, starting with the Angels' Joe Madden, but not really starting with, because I think Derek Fisher was actually let go before him, Derek Fisher of the Sparks. Um, Mutually agreed to part ways. I'm always trying to figure out what's the like diplomatic way to write these. Let go. But that makes it sound like he wanted to leave. And they were like, sure, you can go. Uh, but we're just going to say mutually agreed to part ways. After uh, a 5-7 and seven start to the season. Uh, they announced that on Tuesday. Less than four years with the team. 54-46 and 46 is overall record. But some of those years he did have Candace Parker. So that definitely was a little boost. 1-4 and four in the postseason. Not ideal and definitely not up to L.A. standards. Assistant coach Fred Williams is going to serve as the interim head coach for the remainder of the season. Uh, He's already been hired as the associate head coach of the Auburn women's basketball team. So everybody has multiple jobs in the WNBA in case you missed it. Uh, The Sparks play next on Saturday against the Las Vegas Aces at Crypto.com Arena. Ooh. Mmm. Does Danielle need to go to that game? Probably. Anyways, let's come back to that later. Who's winning? Who's covering? Uh, Not a huge update, as we've only seen about two games since we last talked about that. But in terms of the teams that are playing on Tuesday, Tuesday games to look at here, the fever at the sun. And the sun are laying 14.5 points. The total for this game, 159.5. 4 p.m. Pacific time start. Uh, And I think I said Tuesday games, and I meant Wednesday. Yes. Sorry, there's no one here to check me, guys. There needs to be someone here to like, eh, no. But yes, Wednesday, fever at sun. Right now, Indiana, three and ten straight up. My God. But this team, they battle. They battle so hard. So the fact that they have 10 losses to their name is heartbreaking. But they are five and eight ATS. So that's a little something. Make a little noise there. And uh nine and three Connecticut Sun. Six and six ATS. So. Sun have been improving in the ATS category. They've been playing a little bit better, figuring out their roles a little bit more. But we've already seen this matchup twice in terms of the Fever and the Sun. Uh, The Sun won both times, of course, but the first game was a bit closer. It was 94-85. to Then they played again, not but a week later. 92-70 to was the final score, so Sun won by 22 points. And I believe the Fever got double-digit points in both of these matchups. And one of them, they did cover, obviously, that 10-point one. And the other, they did not. I look at this and immediately think Sun team total over. Uh, The Fever are one of the fastest-playing teams in the league. We know that. They're second in pace. The Sun are sixth, but they have made it a concerted effort to increase their pace this season. And they scored 92 points in the most recent game between these two teams and 94 the first time. So I'm expecting to see a pretty high team total for this, but I would definitely look on the side of the over for that. I also would lean under in the second half, like a second half under possibly, if you're looking for something in-game, because the Sun defense usually locks in in the second half. The Sun defense is incredible at making adjustments. Um, Shout out to Kurt Miller for that. But second half under is for sure something I would look towards, even though Indiana is going to fight tooth and nail to the end if we know anything about this team. The Fever are also eighth in turnover percentage, which sounds pretty terrible until you find out that the Sun are tenth. Um, So not necessarily better, actually, worse. So the issue with the speed, of course, for the Sun has been an increased amount of turnovers for them. And the Fever are the kind of team that can capitalize and score those second-chance points, those first fast-break points. So the Sun are going to have to take care of the ball better, and that's just an overall Arch, overarching theme for them on the season at this point offensive rebounding the fever are third and the sun are first in the league so I definitely think the sun have the advantage there we've seen that in the last two games as well as far as effective field goal percentage the fever are actually dead last so man do they love to shoot doesn't mean it always goes in you know the other team that is that has that issue? The Atlanta Dream as well. So, uh, side story, side tangent. I was on the Dream Storm game on Tuesday night. I bet the under 151.5, or no, over 151.5. Should have been on the under. Uh, because I thought, yeah, the Storm are going to play well. I don't know why. I don't know. And I'm trying to remember why I thought that. We'll have to go back to the previous podcast. But uh, the Dream loved to shoot. Most of them don't go in. So they took 69 shots on Tuesday's game and only shot like 35%. So it's not, okay, yeah, they shot 35%. They're not a good offensive team. That's kind of what we would expect. But it's literally the fact that they took 70 shots. Like you're telling me more of those didn't go in. I literally thought there was glass on the rim because so many of these shots looked like they could have gone in. I think I haven't paid a ton of close attention to the Dream's offense, and particularly to this dream team in general, if there's two games on, it's not usually the, the team, the game that I'm super locked in on. But I was expecting their offense to look like bad, like they weren't taking good shots. They look like they're getting good shots off. They're just not going in. Uh, but. Something else obviously has to be going on because that team is just off the rails terrible at offense, which is hilarious because their defense is first. Defensive rating first in the league. So, yes, uh, when I tweeted out that I was going to be on the over, someone pointed out, oh, I'm going to be on the under. And I was like, oh, man, that's the whole thing with betting, right? (laughs) Is that They make a line that... Uh, is going to attract action from both sides. And I completely could understand why we would see an under because the dream offense is terrible and their defense is solid. Also, the Storm played uncharacteristically not well. Tons of turnovers. And I know that on the podcast, we talked about how the Sun were the first in all of these categories of taking care of the ball and passing the ball really well, assist categories, and they just did not do that well. So you could credit the Dream disrupting them a little bit there, but the Sun definitely were not at their best. They did end up covering. I did take minus 6.5 on the Storm uh, in-game, so that was profitable at least, but I think overall just not not a good slate of games, and for me, not a super fun night. Did go 2-1 and one, uh, as far as Uh, Official plays given out. I also did some live betting and it went two and two. So virtually canceled out, especially actually with the odds. They weren't dime lines. So it was actually able to cancel out money. Might as well have not made the live bets. But those were first quarter bets. And let me just say I was I was kind of bored with the slate of games. Long tangent getting back to the fever in the sun now. 12th in effective field goal percentage for the Fever. The Sun are third. The Sun are going to dominate here. If you go back even to the last year or two years, the Sun have just had the Fever's number every time, at home, out away, way, you name it. Uh, the Fever are 10th in offensive rating. The Sun are first. The Fever are ninth in defensive rating. The Sun are fifth. So could see... High scoring game again. We saw again the sun in the 90s both times. The fever got up to 70 in the last game, 85 before that. Uh, no news of injuries in terms of the fever. Don't have anybody in or out necessarily. No updates for the sun. And in terms of trends here, Indiana's failed to cover three straight. So the Indiana fever train may be slowing down quite a bit. They've been 13 and a half point dogs twice this season, uh, they covered one. But the other game was against the Sun, and they did not cover that. Uh, They were 16 point dogs in their first meeting, and again, only lost by nine. So they did cover that time, that first game, but the second time, 13 and a half point dogs, and did not cover because they lost by 22. So, of course, the pick is the Sun for me, but I don't want to lay 13 and a half points. You might get an opportunity in game. That's where I would look. The Fever may keep it a little bit competitive. Maybe you can get it down to 10 points or less than double digits on the Sun. Um, And that's where I would look here. The Fever are feisty, but I think that their firepower is is starting to, um, I don't want to say dwindle, but it's definitely the the lines are catching up to them. We'll just say that. So Sun are going to cover here. Lean over. What do we got for the total? 159 and a half. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Let's let's go over. I like that on this as well. Let's go over for this game. Uh, So Sun and over. Moving on to Sky at Mystics. 155 is the total for this slow defensive matchup. Uh, the Sky also lots of different odds available, so shop around for what you want. If you want the Sky, you can find plus one and a halfs out there. Again, these lines move quick when people get in on them. You know that sharp action, and the Mystics are minus one in some spots. You can also find this probably as a toss up. 5 p.m. Pacific time start for this one. Now, as far as ATS, Chicago is four and six. Washington is 8 and 4. They've been covering. But Chicago and Washington both the same amount of wins. Chicago's 7 and 3 straight up, Washington 7 and 5 straight up. So, this is actually the third time these two teams have played each other this season, and that means that 3 of Washington's 5 lo- or 2 of Washington's 5 losses, nearly half of them have come from the sky because the sky won both of the first two meetings. They first played on May 22nd in Washington. Elena Deladon did play and the Sky won 82 to 73. So, nine point loss for the Mystics. Still early in the season, though. Then, most recently, June 5th, the Sky won 91 to 82. Clea Copper back in the mix finally. She wasn't in that first game, had 15 points. Tiana Hawkins led the Mystics with 21 points. Uh, but no Elena Deladon in that matchup. So, Ariel Atkins has been incredible. She's shooting 45% or so, averaging 15.5 points for the Mystics. Deladon is averaging almost two made three-pointers over the last 10 games, but she's not always playing. So it definitely is a struggle where they're having to play with their best player in and their best player out. It's going to only make them better, you would hope, in the long run, but it's also very jarring and difficult for them. Candace Parker has been incredible too, scoring 12.3 points per game and averaging 8.7 rebounds. Emma Mieseman is averaging 11.3 points for Chicago. She's been really critical to that offense. If you look back at the last ten games, the Mystics are five and five. The Sky are seven and three. Mystics are averaging 79 points. The Sky are averaging 81.7 points. I think we're going to see a lower scoring game for for some obvious reasons, but one of them being the pace. The Mystics are dead last in pace in this league, opposite of the fever here. And the Sky are somewhere around the middle in that as well. So we're definitely going to see a slower pace game, I would imagine. Even though if you look at the two times they played before, 91-82 to was the last game. And 82 to 73 the first game. So, kind of a mixed bag there. I think that the defense will tighten up on these two teams here. Or maybe they'll let themselves run. Who knows? Um, Mystics are third in turnover percentage, the Sky are fifth. So, whoever can limit that, obviously, an advantage here. Uh, Mystics are sixth in offensive rebounding. The Sky are seventh. So you can see a lot of these categories, they're very, very close to each other. And so it's going to be whoever can edge the other out. And I think it's going to come down to a lot about what happens in the paint and also who is more successful from three, which seems obvious. I think that the Sky are set up to be more successful from three. And both of these teams get the majority of their points or a lot of their points uh, from two they They're second and third in the league in their percentage of points coming from two. Um, And in terms of points specifically in the paint, the Sky are second in percentage of their points coming from the paint, and the Mystics are fourth. So um, it's going to be whoever can edge each other out in that offensive rebounding in those point paints, and also which team is going to shoot better from three, which again, I think the Sky have the advantage there. Dana Evans actually leads the Sky shooting 41.2% from three-point range, so it would be great to see a good game from her. her. There we go. The Sky are sixth. In offensive rating, the Mystics are fifth. And the Sky defense second, while the Mystics are fourth. So you can see that they edge them out just slightly in that. um, The Mystics edge out the Sky just slightly in the offensive category, almost negligibly. And as far as defense is concerned, the Sky is a little bit more stout or at least more consistent. And it makes sense with Edd in and out of this lineup. She is going to be playing in this. But if we look back to Sunday's game where she didn't play, The Sky were five and a half, even up to six and a half point favorites. They did cover it. And Elena Deladon didn't play, but she will in this. So you're telling me now that she's worth what? Five and a half, six and a half points here? She played in the first game and they lost by nine. I just, I don't really understand this line. I think that the Sky will win this again. I think they'll win three straight. I know the Mystics are hungry for this. And again, there's that rematch angle. If you look at just Liberty Lynx, even which are bottom of the pack teams, but they played Sunday. They played Tuesday. The links took the first game. The Liberty took the second game and it wasn't even close. So there is that little bit of that zigzag or, or whatever revenge kind of going on. But I just think the sky are the more well-rounded better team. And if you're getting this as a toss up game, I have no reason to believe that the sky can't get this done again, especially because now they have all their players back and they're ready to roll. Um, I pick Sky here and I also lean over in this game. Go points. Go scoring. Thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Remember, new shows Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, which means I will be back for more action all about the LA area. So hopefully you will be too for more of the Los Angeles City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.